Hello, and welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrane.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. Riley's story will inspire you to believe that anything is possible, even when you're abandoned at birth and feel like your life is over. Through hard work and resilience, she has turned her life around and now enjoys a six-figure income and the ultimate work-life balance. She's able to live in a place she loves. She loves her work and the work-life balance and loves her clients and lucky to have the freedom to be able to do her work from countries with the world's warmest weather. But that's not all. With the perfect husband by her side, she's able to experience the ultimate luxury. Sounds like a dream come true. What a dream. What a reality. Let's hear from Riley herself. Welcome to the show. And how is Tenerife today, Riley? Thank you so much for having me. That was a really beautiful introduction. I I really appreciate it. Tenerife today is warm. It was raining yesterday, which is okay because I do live in England, so I'm used to it now. Um, But today it's much sunnier. It's warmer. So right after this, I'm going to go for a run and enjoy the sea and, and the sun. Beautiful. Let me start by asking, I mentioned in the intro, abandoned at birth. Sounds quite harrowing. What do you remember about that? Yes. So I don't actually remember anything. I I was too young for any memories to be made, but I didn't actually know that until I turned 30 years old. So My father abandoned me when I was a baby. When my mother had me in the hospital, he wasn't there. They were living together in his house. And when she brought me home from the hospital, he told her to leave. He had already had another woman in the house and we had nowhere to go. So my older brother and my older sister decided to make us a tent and we slept in the backyard. I couldn't have imagined what my mother went through having that kind of experience, but it wasn't something that she told me until I turned 30 years old. And so as a child, I knew that my father just wasn't there. The innocence of a child's mind is a beautiful thing because I always felt he was looking for me. He wanted me. He loved me. He just couldn't find me. That was a story that I told myself as a child because my mother never filled in the details. And so I didn't know what happened to me, but I definitely experienced the trauma that came after. My mother was traumatized not only by that, but by things that happened to her as a child. And that cycle of trauma passed down generation to generation. And I definitely felt that growing up. Why do you think your mom never told you until the age of 30? 
My mother never told me much about her life. She never told me much about my father. She didn't talk about anything that happened that I didn't already know. And I think a part of that was her self-protection mechanism because my mother was sexually abused by her father from the time she was born until the time she ran away around 16 years old. I can't imagine with all the trauma that I've gone through, I can't imagine what kind of scars that left her. And I think for her, that self-protection mechanism was to stay silent. It was to not feed into the trauma and talk about it and share her story. Now we have the freedom to share stories and we can build businesses around them and, you know, amazing um, stories to share with our clients and share with the world. But that wasn't her experience back then. And so I think when my father abandoned me and, and we slept in that tent, it was another story that she didn't want to share. So for many, many years, we just didn't talk about anything. And I would ask as a child, where is my father? Is he thinking of me? Does he call? And she would just say, no, he's a terrible person. He's not coming. But again, as an innocent child, you think, oh, but he'll, but he'll come around. You think you missed him? I did. I missed a person that I never met. I did. And it was such a strange feeling. I think because as a child, you see your friends with their parents and you think, oh, that's that's what a family looks like. And so because I didn't have my father, I missed that person that I felt was supposed to be there. It's also because my mother is is white and my father is black. And so I'm mixed race. I grew up in a town that was predominantly white. There were very few people of color in that town. And I think I also missed being able to connect with the person that I identified with because I was literally the black sheep of my family. My, my mom has two other daughters and they are also Caucasian. So I was literally the black sheep. People would come up to us in restaurants and ask if I was adopted. So I think it was also missing that person of color in my life and connecting to that side of me as well. Do you think you look at your brother as a father figure, being that he was older, right? No. So my family is split. So on my mom's side, I have two sisters. And then on my dad's side, I have three sisters and a brother. So I didn't grow up with those sisters. I didn't grow up with my brother. I was told stories about from my mom, what he had done to them as well. He left them in a house by themselves as children for weeks on end without food, without supervision. So it wasn't personal to me. It was what he did to all of us. So I didn't have that connection with that side of my family. And I did end up meeting them when I was in my teenage years. I did end up meeting them. And, and one of my sisters I do have a relationship with now. But growing up as a child, there was just a lot of things that weren't said, weren't understood. And that left me with a lot of questions and, and a lot of uncertainty. You mentioned to me that you were on a path to Wall Street. And that sounds to me like you were looking for the riches. Being that you slept in a tent when you were a youngster, do you think that's why you tried to follow the path to Wall Street so you could have more wealth? Absolutely. So 
My mother was in a financially abusive relationship. So when my father left us, she ended up going back to one of my other sister's fathers and she ended up marrying him. And he was extremely physically and emotionally abusive. And that went on for many, many years. My mother was in a financially abusive relationship because she wasn't working. She was a stay-at-home mom and she didn't have enough money to leave with three children. So she stayed. And I recognized that at a very young age. When my mom did end up leaving, I was about 10 years old and we ended up living on our own. We lived in poverty. We didn't have enough. She was scrambling just to put food on the table. And I recognized that very early on. And I said to myself, this is not going to be me. And I started to learn about the world and how important it was to be independent, that you don't have to have millions in the bank, but to be able to take care of yourself is a gift. So when I was first thinking about the first thing that I ever wanted to do, I wanted to be an artist. I was really good at drawing. I was a learner as a child. So it was something that kept me busy. And someone told me there was no money in art. I said, okay, I'm done. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I'm finished. Although that's not true. But at the time, it did scare me away. And so I thought to myself, well, what can I do that can make a lot of money? Because why do we go to work? We go to work to make money. So I'm just going to find something that makes a lot of money. When I was about six years old, I was labeled as advanced, as gifted, I was extremely academically advanced. I learned things extremely quickly. They wanted to skip me to grades to be able to be in an environment with people that were learning at the same level as I was. And so the academics always came very easily to me. So I loved math. Math was my favorite subject because it was very clear. One plus one will always equal two. <laughs> I love that. So That is simple. Yes, it was very reassuring, right? So one plus one always equals two. And so I said, okay, I'm going to work in finance. I love math. People on Wall Street make a lot of money. Let's do this. And I went to school for finance and hospitality. I was a straight A student and I was on that path to, to becoming a Wall Street broker. Just tell me, let's speak about your lifestyle now and, and how you lead your life. You travel the globe. You don't like the cold weather. At the same time, you're making a six-figure income. Now, that sounds like bliss to me. And it's certainly what I think entrepreneurship is about, to have the freedom, to have the choices, to do what you want to do and live your ideal life. So how, did, how, how is that possible now? And what did you do? Yes. So I did come into coaching later on. So a lot of people start, you know, now people are starting straight out of high school or straight out of college. They're becoming coaches very young. I started my business just two years ago. And I do believe that the finance background that I had, I taught entrepreneurship in Spain for 10 years. So I had a lot of experience with the business side. And then my journey started about 15 years ago of self-healing and learning about relationships and learning about self-growth. So studying the science and studying um, all the information that I now teach today was a long time coming, although I started the business officially two years ago. So I had all of this information first, and then building my business came very quickly. 
for me to be able to serve other people and provide them with insight and allow them to minimize their suffering is a dream. That's the first and foremost important thing for me. Having a business where I work for myself, I make my own hours, I get to build it in a way that feels very authentic to me is also a dream. It's that freedom. Traveling the world has become a passion of mine since I was about 14 years old. And being able to do that now feels, again, it feels freeing. Freedom is extremely important to me because I felt so trapped in so many aspects of of my childhood. So having freedom to create the life that I want is the biggest blessing that I have. I'm married to an amazing, supportive, loving Italian man. Um, We've been able to create this life together. And it doesn't mean that it's problem-free. I say that problems are a part of life. We just have to accept it. But we're able to manage our problems in a way that propels us closer and closer to that dream that we have by using things like self-awareness and self-management. So for me, this journey that I'm on is is really a blessing. And it's something that I have co-created, I say, with the universe that, yes, I have had this really difficult experience in my childhood and I wouldn't wish it on anyone. But it's also a blessing in disguise because I've been able to go through that and transform through that and share my story and share my experience so that other people don't have to. So for me, living this lifestyle is something that I have created and something that I'm grateful for every single day and something that I'm hoping to share with other people so that they can realize, regardless of where you come from, you get to choose what kind of life that you want to live. Did you always dream about the lifestyle you have today? So before I went to New York City, when I was 14 years old, I never thought that I was going to leave my small town. I didn't realize there was a world outside of my small town. (laughs) So I come from a town that's predominantly white. It was very racist. It was very sexist. It was homophobic. Um, There was a lot of drug abuse, alcoholism, violence. um, And I never realized that there was a world outside of that. When I was 14 years old, I was in choir in school and we took a school trip to New York City. I think we spent about three days there. And I remember on the bus, going into New York, the buildings, the people coming from this teeny tiny town. And we never traveled when I was a child. So coming from this teeny tiny town and seeing all these people and the smells and the way people dress and the different ethnicities and the different, I was blown away. And I realized, oh, there's another part of the world out there that not everything is like this. There's different races and different ideas and different ways of living. So that for me was the first taste of freedom that I ever experienced. That's when my imagination started to evolve and to understand that there are other things out there. When I was 15, I took my first and only Spanish class. Uh, In the U.S., we have to take one year of another language, which is completely useless to be honest because you don't learn anything in a year 
But I remember when we had the books and they had these cartoon characters of, you know, Maria is going to the shop to buy apples and, and all of this stuff. I would put myself in Maria's position and I would imagine myself again, using that imagination, I would imagine myself being in Spain and going to the shop to buy apples and, you know, practicing my Spanish. And that allowed me to realize that I can go anywhere and I can do anything. And it wasn't concrete at that point. I didn't have a plan. I didn't really believe that I was going to do it. But that's when I started to believe that it was possible. I can really get a sense of the reason why you do what you do, why you love it so much, coming from where you came from and the challenges you faced. But you haven't mentioned much about what it is you do. So what does your business look like right now? And why do you love it so much? So I am an expert love educator and relationship coach. There's many different ways that I teach a concept called relationship intelligence. So relationship intelligence is the ability for us to navigate our relationships successfully. We are a culture that is obsessed with love. I want to fall in love. You know, romance movies about love. Do you love me? All the love songs. And love is important. Yes. But equally important is something called relationship intelligence. I love you, which is a sense of deep affection for you. But what do I then do with that love? How do I create a thriving relationship from that? How do I create a thriving life together with my partner with whom I love? And that element is something that we are not being taught. So for me, my business is all about spreading that information. We've been able to study relationships on a scientific level. A lot of times people think relationships are difficult and they're hard because they involve humans and emotions. And they're just these kind of things that we can't get our head around. But it's not true. We understand relationships the same way that we understand that one plus one equals two. The facts are there, the studies are there, and relationships at their core are not difficult. They become difficult because we don't know what we're doing. And so what I ask people is to think about when did you learn how to create a thriving relationship? Did your parents teach you? Did you learn when you were in school? So we've been led into this belief that relationships are difficult. And truly, we understand relationships the same way that we understand that one plus one equals two, that if you mix red and yellow, you get orange because we have studied relationships. But unfortunately, people are suffering because they don't have access to this information. And people aren't expressing the importance of understanding how to master your relationships. We understand now that the quality of our life is dependent on the quality of our relationships. And so if it's such an important thing to master, where is the education? Where is the information? Where is the awareness? So my job is to provide the formula for success to as many people as I possibly can to, for them to understand how to master the relationship with themselves the relationship with their partner, the relationships with their colleagues, the relationships with their families, because so much of our suffering comes when we have toxic relationships or there's a lack of relationships. There was a report that said that one out of two women feel more self-doubt than self-love. We are in a self-love crisis. 
people don't understand how to connect with themselves, how to master their emotions, how to overcome anxiety and depression. I myself suffered from anxiety and depression for, for over 20 years. I know how difficult it is. And when you don't have access to those resources, your whole life is consumed by it. So with relationship intelligence, it's about mastering that relationship with yourself, feeling confident, understanding your emotions, having that self-control, and then using that to create a life that you love. So for me, that comes in many different aspects when it comes to my business. I have lots of free resources for people to get this information. I also have private coaching clients. I have a self-study program for those who want to make a small investment and maybe just do it on their own time. We're also working on doing luxury retreats to have this information given in a very fun and relaxed environment. We're also working to put this into the educational system as a mandatory subject in school, because there's no excuse for me having to work with someone who's 40, 50, 60 years old, who isn't able to identify 10 different emotions. They just say, I'm happy, I'm sad. This is not enough. We need to be learning this when we're children, because if we get to the point where we don't even know what's going on in our own head, we don't understand why we're fighting all the time. We don't understand why we're always frustrated and why we feel that our, you know, our bad habits and our addictions are out of our control. This is simply not true. And so it's not good enough what society has given us. We have to do better. So if my business is just about providing that information and that access to resources in all these different ways. So how exactly do you help your help the people you work with? Yes. So all the free resources that I provide are about getting people to become aware. That's the first step is to become aware because a lot of people don't know what they don't know. They don't realize, oh, I'm fighting in my relationship because I don't know a different method. I don't have a problem-solving technique in my relationship. And that's something that I need. That's something that power couples use to create relationships without fighting. There's not even an awareness of that. There's not an awareness of, oh, just because I'm frustrated, it doesn't mean I have to eat a tub of ice cream or smoke a cigarette or drink a bottle of Jack Daniels, <laughs> that I have control over how I respond to my emotions. A lot of people don't recognize that. So this first step is awareness. So all of those free resources is awareness. It's giving people just a little taste of what relationship intelligence is, the three basic steps of creating thriving relationships. It's sort of like allowing people to dip their toes into this information. The self-study course is a video series that comes with a workbook. And so it goes more into depth into the formula of relationship intelligence. So it goes through all the different things like compassion, effective communication, having that problem-solving technique, understanding different ways to brainstorm, compromise, negotiate, create a common vision, all of these different things that you need to create successful relationships. So it's a more in-depth course. And then with my private clients, we have a three-month course that is personalized. It's one um, session per week. It also comes with homework and, and a full book and all of that so that people can really dig in deep and have personalized one-on-one -on -one sessions with me. So how typically do you find your clients? Yes. So I 
have clients from all over. Now, I just did a podcast yesterday about, and I was asked the question about niching because I know niching is a really popular topic right now. You know, the more you niche down, the better your business will be. And I, I get it, but I haven't done that. Because for me, this is about giving access to everyone. And relationship intelligence is for everyone. It's regardless of whether you're in a heterosexual relationship or same-sex relationship, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're in an open relationship or closed relationship, or even if you're in a relationship where you're single. Like This is for everyone. Because humans at our core have the same basic needs. We all want to feel seen, heard, understood, respected, loved, safe right? Everyone wants that. So this applies to everyone. So I haven't done that specific niching in my business as a whole, but I do have different resources and programs depending on the way people want to work. So for example, the luxury retreats obviously are a higher ticket item for people that have a little bit more more, um, income and are able to travel and they're willing to travel with their partner. Um, I also have, you know, the self-study program is for people who are in lower income families, because I do work with a lot of lower income families. A lot of stay-at-home moms come to me. Um, So for me, being able to reach different people in different channels is really important. So I'm a professional on the app called Peanut. I have a group of 25,000 women there. I do lots of different networking events. I have my own. We're over a thousand women now and we meet um, not all at the same time, but (laughs) we meet once a week and I bring in people into my community that way. I also do lots of media features. So podcasts, I've been featured in over, I think, three three or four magazines now. Um, I've been on the radio station. I've done TV shows. So putting myself on as many platforms as I can to reach as many people as I can. And when my message resonates with someone, then they will come to me and and we will form a relationship. So there's many different ways that I connect um, with my audience and and I find those, those target clients. And it's really for me about building relationships. So I have been able to build my business to six figures without using any ads. I do think the ads have their place and their purpose, and I'm not against using ads. I think that they're great to to connect and to put yourself out there. But for me, I really wanted to build a business based on relationships. So I'm constantly building relationships with people by putting myself out there. Now, it does take more work. I think a an average person that maybe also runs ads, would it do three podcasts a day? <laughs> you know? But for me, it's about if someone feels connected to my message, then I can be on their platform um, and then we build that relationship. So it's all about building relationships, nurturing those relationships, serving before asking. I serve my audience and then they come to me. I don't usually do cold calling. I don't do cold DMs. I don't like them. So I so I don't do them. Um, and I think that brings a lot of trust and authenticity. People trust me. They feel that I'm first for the people and first for the serving. And then my business. And I think and it's been working. And I think it's a really good tactic for me. It may not work for everyone, but it's been successful for me. Well done. I like that um, uh, that empathetic approach to what you do. So how does it make you feel 
when it when you're helping people get through their issues it feels as though i'm healing that little girl in me that didn't have access to resources the girl that felt lost and alone and unloved every time i help someone else and i serve someone else i'm helping her my parents were in the situation that they were in and they created these very toxic and and um, abusive and violent environments for me but i don't have any negative feelings towards them i feel that we all do the best that we can with what we have and that's financially that's mentally that's what we have in our heart in our spirit in our experience and so I believe that me doing this work is giving back to that little girl in me that didn't have that support and that love and that education. And it's also giving back to people like my parents. I work with a lot of people who have experienced trauma in their childhood and they want to break that curse because they now have children and they're realizing, oh, we're doing the same thing to them and we're passing this along. I don't want to do that. And so for me to be able to give them that knowledge and allow them to stop that generational trauma is such a blessing. It's such a blessing to me. It's also about the awareness that people, in my mind, are not good or bad. I think that at our core, we're all good. I think that people react to situations, they react to their emotion, they react to their environment in bad ways. But I truly, truly believe that at our core, we're all good. And so if you're in a relationship with someone and you are fighting with them and you're so frustrated and you feel lost and all of these things, I always tell people that you have to ask yourself, when did I learn how to create a successful relationship? If you feel depressed and you're suffering from anxiety, when did you learn how to do the opposite? Well, most of the time you didn't. So people aren't choosing to suffer. They're not choosing, you know, these lives that they're in where they're behind on their rent. They're, you know, depressed. They're just extremely unhappy. People don't choose that, but they fall into it because they don't have access or they don't have the mindset. Sometimes people have the resources, but they don't have the mindset. How do we shift that mindset? Because it's not just one or two people out here. I mean, this is a global pandemic and people are suffering and it's now becoming normalized. And I do think that there's an awareness and people, you know, coaches and doctors and teachers and all of these people that are that are helpers and informers are bringing awareness to the fact that This shouldn't be something that you do on your own when you're 30 years old and you say, oh, I need a therapist. It's something that we should do as preventative medicine as a society. That yes, therapists and coaches like me, we have our place. But truly, I think all of us would agree that it really needs to be put in the forefront. It really needs to be something that we learn as children, that we have more help before it's gotten out of control, you know, before we're already in it. So yes, I I think it's extremely important for people to have access to this information. And for me, the most beautiful feeling is having people have those aha moments. Because I say nothing I teach you is as difficult as rocket science. 
I'm not a brain surgeon. I'm not that smart. <laughs> you know, the stuff that I teach is very basic. It's very simple, but it's just about having that awareness and realizing, oh, oh, now I get it. And then having them put that into practice, everything changes. And that to me, that's, that's all I ask. So what's next, Riley? Yes. So next, um, physically next, I'm going to Cyprus. So I'm going to Cyprus for one month. It will be my first time there. And then I'm headed to New York City. Next in my business is going to be the luxury retreats and bringing this information into the educational system, starting primarily in the US and the UK. And next for my life is is continuing what I'm doing. My husband and I are enjoying our freedom at the moment. We do eventually want to have a child, probably about two years. So growing, connecting, evolving, experiencing, that's what's next. And what a great finish to our podcast today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have a business story to share, please reach out and contact us on michael at michaelcrane.live. To hear more stories from entrepreneurs and business leaders, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify so you never miss an episode. We look forward to having you back for our next podcast show. Thank you. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.